How y'all doing? How y'all doing? This is Alvin from Trying Success on the Old Fashioned Health Network, Good Health Inside and Out. I got my favorite. I know I said this about everybody, but I promise you, I have my favorite TikToker online with me today, Miss L. I'm so, so, so excited to have you. We, we, I, I'm always on her live, chiming in, teasing her about what's in the cup. <laughs> she already got me already before we got started. So, you know, and she has a cup too with water in it and all that kind of good thing. But L, welcome to Trying Success. Thank you so much. I'm really glad. I was actually, when you asked me to do it, I was like, I'm down. And then I was like, this will be good. I like it. I, I like I like being able to share and learn because, you know, I'm all about the human condition. So and that's where we are. I was letting them know. I said, listen, this this lady that we have today is like so on point with everything. And I tried to find the right background. I don't know if you can see the background. It's like a central train station. Is that is probably what that is like? Uh, one I think I can tell. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. So I had to pick the right background to, to fit your whole vibe and all that good stuff. I'm so happy to have you on here. She's supposed to be coming to uh so these guys uh well one of the guys worked with me on the the, uh, the show that I wrote for the the uh talk show we talked about, right? Mm-hmm. That I didn't hadn't given you all the details about. But um I was telling uh Bo this is one of the young ladies I want them to be on the show when we do the show for the for the ladies. And he's already shaking his head like yeah she'll probably be perfect. Yeah, she we'll was. see. Look, you you got to see first. I might start talking some crazy stuff. You guys might not want to edit all the things I say. No, I already told him you do that. No, let me tell you the show we did earlier today. Uh, I had a show earlier today where this guy talked about Oprah Winfrey. He just threw a whole bunch of people on the bus. He told the truth about some things. Okay. Uh, but I'm like, I had to tell Oprah that I didn't say that. That's him, him saying that. And, you know, I still love you and everything. He was calling out about a Weight Watchers commercial. And he was saying that she shouldn't be doing Weight Watchers commercials because she's uh misleading our people because people believe her and she has enough money that to eat healthier than what Weight Watchers. Yeah. So that was her whole thing. That was his whole Got thing. You. Yeah. So he, yeah. And you know who he is? His name is Sean. Sean, Body Art by Sean. I thought you follow him on, on uh, Body Art by Sean. Sean's out of California. Um, I'm, I'm You know what? I'm visual. So I would probably be like, oh, I know his profile picture. That would be. Yeah. So you look just out here. All right. So listen, okay. tell, tell when they was asking, what is it that she does? I said, well, she, she does a lot. And I didn't know what to just, what title to give you other than she's an awesome black lady. Oh, I'll say this much. I've worn many hats over the years. I've learned a lot. I've seen a lot. Um, but as of right now, my, um, Clark Kent, I deal with, uh, project management and marketing. Mm-hmm. But my superhero, Pinky in a Brain, when I take over the world, is um, I'm, I started a business about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and I was trying to focus on something that is the antithesis of coaching. Mm-hmm. So the whole process that I'm doing is when people get stuck, they need to get unstuck. And so it's I like to call it changing your thought paradigm, shifting mm-hmm. your focus on, I'm not saying don't take the world in view, mm-hmm. but focusing on your human conditions and your skill sets in order to build and develop yourself up. And sometimes that's kind of hard. You know, Um, I've had people reach out to me and they're like, uh, I had this one lady, she does like actually project management. And she was saying that she was a little frustrated because she felt stuck because there was a new project she was going to be working on and she didn't know how to articulate the idea. And I believe that through creative thought process, critical thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, art, Sometimes some of the best ways for you to expand your mind is by 
going into the mind, looking at what it is that you need to do to build yourself. So, you know, like I said, I wear hats and I, I know a lot about I know a lot about a lot of different things, but not everything about all the things. But so. you know what? You're really good at research, too. Yes. She's really, uh, for those that are watching, you are so good at research. You'd be like, let me, let me check into that some more before you actually give your opinion. You're really, mm-hmm. really good at that. You, you, so when you're doing some stuff with TikTok for a minute, are, were you doing anything with them? I still do. Technically, I still do. So TikTok, like for those of you who don't know, TikTok has campaigns and I'm gonna give you a little bit of inside, not too much inside for somebody says something to me, but no, that don't care. Okay, okay. Um, what they do, which is actually a good thing, is they find content creators based on their content to try to see where they can fit in certain campaigns. Mm. And so they reached out to me one day, was this 2020? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2020, they reached out to me and they were like, hey, we'd like to start you on a program called, it was called something else, a learning portal or something like that. Mm-hmm. But now they call it learn on TikTok. And so based on my content and me being a research nut and, you know, talking about personal growth and empowerment, the things that I believe in, the reason why I started my business, mm-hmm. um, they asked me would I be willing to share, you know, educational, informative, informational um Content And so that's what I started doing. So um, they changed the program. The reason why you haven't seen that hashtag a lot is they changed the way the program is. Okay. So you can still use the hashtag, but they're doing something different. They said they're revamping it for 2021. So, but I am a learn on TikTok partner. So, so we had a guy that we uh, interviewed. Now you probably know his name is Pabell Martinez. And he, I saw, I saw, I saw that. Yeah. 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 So he did. You watched it already? I saw some of that. I didn't okay. see all of it. Yeah, and he works for TikTok. He works for TikTok. I forgot what capacity. Um, so he's he's big on, I guess, getting the right information out. Exactly. Well, I don't know exactly what it was. Like, if they start paying, y'all call me. I, I can't do it for free. You know what I'm saying? You know how they, right. Let me ask you something. So, you know, they're talking about, so we're going to jump around a little bit, okay? By all means, that's how okay. my mind thinks. I know, right? So, uh, first of all, I have to tell you, I told you that I did like the video that you did with the young man out of Louisiana. Oh yeah, Levert. Um, smart, blunt. smart guy. That guy's yes. smart. All right, so um, right now they're talking about having a, a, a Supreme Court justice that may that was supposed to be a, a black female. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on that? Other than it's been a long time coming. It's kind of hard that you said. Other than it's been a long time coming. Um, I think it's 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 something that is needed. Um, you know, voices in this country aren't just white cisgender male. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not just able bodied. They're not just a certain age. And if if anybody can notice uh, by the women that were on the you know the nomination list, mm-hmm. there is a variety of women from different backgrounds as well as age groups. And I think that's really important. Um, you know, we don't have term limits when it comes to government in most cases. Right. And when it comes to Senate, they don't. And I'm going to be quite honest with you. My parents are baby boomers. I love them to death. I've enjoyed watching them mature into their senior years, but be a lot more progressive than I thought they'd ever be. You know, some of the things they talk about, but there should be term limits. And so while there should be term limits, you should never limit the opportunity for people to represent Mm -hmm. your base. And considering that over 90, 91% of black women carried into this presidency right? and that the highest educated, highest earning based on their education mm-hmm. are black women. Yeah. For the first time, black women reached educational parity back in, I think it was 2000, what, 
11 or 12. And we have consistently grown that way. So why shouldn't there be a black woman in the highest court in the land? I think it's a great I think it's a great move. I do fear that there is going to be one issue, which happens a lot of times. We saw it with Obama. We see it with um, um, Oprah Winfrey. Uh Well, they Oprah did it. So Barack Obama did it. So. Well, this this is the first black female um, Supreme Court justice. So so they, they take black people and pour them into this space where it's like one person out of 450,000 should represent every black person in America. Mm-hmm. So I hope that, again, as I'm speaking about paradigm shifts, I think it's important for us to shift our focus around what that looks like when a black woman or a black man or a disabled person or somebody from another marginalized group goes into a space, they are not the one that's supposed to carry the gold medal across the line for every other black person or every other person in that marginalized group. Mm. So do you think that, uh, how important do you think this next upcoming uh, midterm election is going to be? It's going to be critical. Very critical, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know what it's, I'm afraid of? I'm afraid that, that if, I'm afraid that if we don't really get out and vote, so I have to be a candidate candidate about this as I can. I think if we don't get out and vote this time, uh, slavery is going to take on a whole new look. In, in other words, they're going to do more of what they always wanted to do, but more directly and more uh, disrespectfully, and j- just like it's just going to be laws that's going to be put in place that's going to. There's not already don't favor us in the first place, but I think they're just going to be belligerent with whatever they want to do. If if we don't vote and get some kind of control of a fair and balanced, somewhat of a fair and balanced system in place, because it's not fair already, but it could get worse if we don't Mm -hmm. if we don't vote. Yeah, I I caution this, though. Mm. We do not need to vote blindly. I totally agree. And we do that. A lot. Mm -hmm. Because we're forced to pick a struggle. Because of the way white supremacy and concepts backed in that, which Mm -hmm. comes from systemic oppression and the way that the prison industrial complex was created, Mm -hmm. we oftentimes are forced to pick a struggle when we have all these struggles. Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't have to do that. And so we make concessions during voting. We make concessions when we're looking for things that are intended to build us up in a community. And it doesn't. It it, it may level the playing field in certain places, but more often than not, if you are running with your shoe untied, you can run. You may trip. You may fall. You might lose a shoe. You might take your sock up. Sure, you could make it across the finish line, but we have to stop just making it across the finish line. And so I'm hoping that people are a lot more thoughtful in what they're doing when they vote and not just going into the voting booth, but what they're willing to do before and after, because that's the biggest part. You know, don't just go straight down the ticket and not know how to call that person accountable. That's the other part. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I voted them in. Okay, now hold their feet to the fire. Yeah. Tell them to toe the line. If you're not willing to do it, then you gave your vote to the wrong person. Don't vote blindly. Know what you're doing when you make that vote so you can hold them accountable for their actions when they don't represent you the way they should. That's why I like you so much. <laughs> I, I've just adopted her as like my sister That my that's happened just osmosis. 
Thank you. Yeah. So um, now let's switch gears. Let's go to some other fun stuff. Let's okay. talk about uh, representation of the black women when it comes to respect and relationships. Do you believe um, that the black woman, when it comes to relationships, are not respected as such like she should be? And I'm talking about <laughs> marital relationships, uh, dating relationships, uh, business relationships, just relationships in general. Do you believe, uh, like I believe, I don't think you all are treated fairly. And, and I would just want to say this. There's, and guys, y'all can attest to this. When you go to the grocery store and the lady could be, she could be a young girl or she could be an elderly lady, elderly lady, like 70 or 65, and just say mm-hmm. she's working at the checkout counter, right? And then when she gives you some money and then she said, okay, baby, thank you. Can't nobody say baby like a black woman. <laughs> Not one per it just make you just melt. Be like, oh, it's just something about the terms of endearment that's coming from a black woman, a sister. Like even when you say, oh, it'll be okay, I just automatically believe it because you say it's gonna be okay. Now one of the fellas is that bruh, be good, it'll be good. But if L tell me, Alvin, it's gonna be okay. For some reason, I'm like, okay. So that's that's what I don't think you all get the respect or the due in my mind. So what do you think? So I'm probably going to catch hell for my response because, you know, that's just how social media is. I'm also a very, I'm a very balanced person. I'm a Libra. So do I think that we are treated fairly consistently in a manner that allows us to feel like we have continuous support? No. Okay. And the reason I say that is there are some, and I made it in, I'm shameless plug here. I created something and I'm in the, actually this weekend, I'm going to finish sorting through it. I created something called the cookout session. And one of the reasons I created it was um, because I believe every person, regardless of the group or distinction that they, they um, ascribe to deserves a safe place. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes our safe spaces are encroached upon by people who do not belong. And that is one of the reasons people aren't going to like this. I've said it in my own content. You know how people say, um, I vote, I, I uh, invited so-and-so to the cookout. <laughs> I don't invite, I don't invite them to the cookout. Let me tell you why. It's not because I don't have any res- disrespect. I've got some very good friends and people have been in my life that are white people, mm-hmm. but not everybody needs to be at the cookout. So if I'm talking about women's issues, brother, I love you, but you're not invited to the cookout. Exactly. If you're speaking about men's issues, I'm not invited to a cookout. Right. If I'm not in a space that doesn't fit the need or the 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 things that are going on in that community, I should not be invited. Now, when it comes time, you guys finish wiping your mouth and you step away from the table from the cookout. Let, we can come back together. Let's have dessert together. But in the meantime, we need to have those conversations. And I think what's happened and the reason why I created the cookout session was because black men need a space to talk. Right. And I think they need a safe place. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the reasons why women aren't black women in some positions and times aren't treated fairly and we don't have that level of respect that we should is because you have black men over here saying empower black women. Mm-hmm. And then you got black men over here telling you your ovaries are old. So you have no value. Um, you should have had a kid by the time you were 23 and a half in six months. And, you know, your hair is just not dark enough for you to be high value. Mm-hmm. So you have these two groups of men fighting over what our value is. And you didn't even really ask us. Mm. So that's a that's a y'all problem. Right. If you're empowering each other, 
and you find that balance, then you can empower black women. But until you do this, it's sort of like the idea you cannot pour liquid into another vessel if your vessel has a hole in it. You can't talk to me about high value and self-esteem if you don't have that. You can't tell me that you can love me if you don't have that love for yourself. It doesn't exist. So I feel like everything that black men need to work on with connecting with black women can be done with black men. Mm -hmm. Same thing, vice versa for black women. Because I'm going to have a cookout session for the ladies. I love them, but sisters, we need to talk. (laughs) You can't just, just like a black man should not be able to consistently point his finger at a black woman. Ladies, step back. We'll talk later. Stop pointing your finger at him. Because ultimately, both of us, men and women, have areas and needs that don't match because we're not created the same. Mm. As much as you would love to be a good father, you will never be able to birth a baby. But I will never be able to create semen. So... Why not find where we are alike and can mm-hmm. show respect for our own individualism as humans that are autonomous mm-hmm. and stop trying to say, well, you don't do it the way I want you to, sir. I don't do it that way because I'm a woman. Right. And it's not because I'm a weak woman or a sad woman or no, that's not it right. at all. You're him. I'm her. This is how we come together. Uh, do you have an offering tray? Just ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is well said. I totally agree. So I, I have this thing about I'm not going to invite you to the cookout, but you can come to the after party. That's it. Thank you. But you Thank can come you. to the cookout. Yes. That's, yeah, you're always welcome to the after party because it's open to the public, but but not the cookout. Yeah. And I think the way you explain it, anybody with any uh, open-minded sense to any respect of another culture should be, okay, I get it. You know what I'm saying? We It was, it's, thank you. I, I, I appreciate the way you put that. Okay, now, so here's my next question. I've heard, uh, so let's talk about uh, in the in the film and movie industry, um, Tyler Perry, Spike Lee, uh, it's not too many, uh, Lee Daniels, a um, uh, couple other brothers and stuff that are in the, in the film industry and doing movies. I've heard uh, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the guys say um, when they see like Flip Wilson, we old enough to know who Flip Wilson was. I used to do. Okay. But for some reason, we seem, seem to think that when males do any type of acting role or anything, especially Tyler Perry movies and the Mud Deer thing, it seems like uh, some of the men's, we may get offended and say, okay, now uh, that's them doing, uh, uh, trying to make, uh, trying to make the man not take away his masculinity. As a woman, when you see a man doing any type of role, uh, where he's uh, cross-dressed or anything like that. Do you see it as a black woman that that's what's going on? What do you see when you see that? Well, first and foremost, I will say this. I was actually just having this conversation a little earlier with someone that I know very well. And we were mentioning the idea of feminism Mm -hmm. and why people call that such a, like a cuss word, right? It's like you're cursing at me. Masculine and feminine are one of those words because masculine is a construct just like feminine is. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I find interesting is that whenever, and it comes back down to that, it's very similar. They all kind of, it's the knee bones connected to the hip bone kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And when you look at how, when black men argue with black men about black women, a lot of them deal with gender roles. They're the roles mm-hmm. of what makes you a masculine alpha male compared to stop being a beta or a simp. 
because the idea I'm trying to figure out why is it that the idea of supporting black women and allowing black women to thrive in their spaces mm-hmm. and in in their own feminine energy and in own their own energy and balancing in their masculine energy makes that black man a simp and he's soft because he's supporting a black woman. I said all that to say when you start looking at film and the industry you have to respect the art for what it is and what that person is willing to do to balance that art. Am I a big Tyler Perry fan when it comes down to Medea and stuff? No, I just don't like this. I just don't like, I don't care for it. Right. However, comma, I do believe that a true actor, a true person who believes in their craft mm-hmm. will find more about their ethics and their values to be important than it is just to get a job. Mm. So I feel like if a black man is willing to do that role, then he made a decision, whether it was based on his pocket or the fact that he believes in the craft of art and that art is is acting. And so a true actor and their method, depending on what method they use in their acting, is going to say, I'm going to be this masculine man with my five kids at home and my sexy wife. I'm about to put this dress on and pull it off. Does that make him less? Is that feminizing him? No, because he's comfortable in his masculinity, which is constructed to say, this does not change the fact that I love women, that I love sex with women, that I love to play basketball with my friends, or I love to knit on the weekends. Does that make him any less masculine? No. I just feel like in order to push the narrative of pushing people apart instead of showing them their likenesses, you keep stamping this label on it, which is the reason why I mentioned feminism, because a man can be a feminist. But that doesn't make him feminine. That just means he respects a woman for her ability to have equal playing field and the things that she wants to do and she wants to accomplish. So if she decides that I want to go out and be a welder, did that make her did that make her masculine? Right. Nah. She just wants to be a welder and make good money. Right. So, you know, do I think if anything, what should be bothering people about that is that slapstick minstrel show mentality. Mm. If you're going to get bothered by that. Right. Let that be your problem, not the feminine masculine energy thing, because then you're just a mammy. Right. You're a a male mammy in a dress, if that's the case. So we could spin it any way you want it. But I think it's really about how that person finds value in what they're doing and if they're comfortable and confident in it. Okay. Now, here's another one. Okay. I enjoy talking to you. I really do. Okay. So here's the next one. Uh, So this is about... um, Bad marriages and bad relationships. Okay. The effect that they have on women when they have kids. Okay. okay. When a and so when a woman uh, uh, is in a bad relationship, and I don't know this to happen to men because I hadn't seen the trend where uh, when usually if a, if a, when I've seen women go through bad relationships uh, or bad marriage, still in a bad marriage or in a bad relationship, and they either still trying to hang in there with it or hadn't let it go. First thing that gets their attention is going to be Joyce Myers, T.D. Jackson, one of the other ones. That's going to be the first safe haven to hang around to find some type of comfort. I could be totally wrong, ladies. It just looks like that. So forgive me. But it just kind of seems like that seems to be uh, a, a trend, you know, and, and I get trying to find a spiritual comfort in the struggle. But that's, mm-hmm. that's one. But then if the if the woman happens to have uh, uh, kids, especially specifically if it's a, if it's a daughter, Instead of her going to uh, one of her friends to have a conversation saying, these are some of the things I'm going through or an adult, she tends to sometimes put her, makes her daughter her friend. And then her daughter becomes her friend. And now 
now that your daughter is your friend, you you that's your good girlfriend that you're dumping all the stuff on that you're going through with her father. So then now she starts to have some problem with the father indirectly and she starts seeing it in a different way. And then the daughter, by the same token, once, once as she grows older, she tends to isolate herself and then tend to be by herself because she's looking at the problem that mama had. Mm-hmm. And then mama has dumped all the negativity that she's gone through. Everybody that's treated her bad in any kind of way, be it another sibling or anybody else. Now the daughter has now built a sense of, uh, protection around her so whatever mama didn't like at that time the daughter ain't gonna like it either and now your daughter cannot hardly have can it's hard for her to have a regular relationship have you ever seen that or noticed that what do you think i mean i've never i'm not around a lot of young people so that might be start part of it and most of my friends kids are like older and they got they either started their own families or in college Mm -hmm. but i see what you're saying because i've heard other people say it Mm -hmm. um is your what's your question? Is it damaging to the? Is it, is it? Do you agree that it is damaging to the to the kid, to the to the girl, the daughter? Specifically, happens to the daughter. To the guys, the, the sons tend not to. We just gonna be mad with with pops or the boyfriend, and we ain't being mad at the rest of the people that mama mad at. We just mad at the. We can identify the source and be done with it. But but for the female, the daughter tends to embrace every emotion that the mother is going through, and whatever she doesn't like. The daughter is not gonna like, and she'll just hold. And I, I'm saying, I'm speaking this. I've seen it happen to friends and family, and I, and, and and I've since like, you took on what your the things that your mama didn't like. Your mama made you her best friend, and now whatever mama don't like, you have an opinion about it. And because she grew you up too fast and didn't allow you to grow up as a child. So I'm I'm just wondering, do you think that is, that it, that that is true and is damaging to the daughter? And should mama just get somebody her age or get some counseling to talk to us? Okay, these are the things I'm going through. Well, first and foremost, everyone needs a therapist. And 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 one of the things that I find difficult, especially when it comes to or any organized religion, but even as a Christian, mm-hmm. you see people. I'm gonna just pray about it. Okay, now, sweetie, you can pray about God helping you find the doctor that you need to go to. Right. Because there are maybe you don't want to go to a psychiatrist. Maybe you might need one. <laughs> but in the meantime, you don't have to go to a psychologist. You can go to th- there are spiritual counselors. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There. I mean, it just you you can look at it this way. I think it it does happen to men. Um, it may not be. I think it happens to either parent. I yeah. think what's happening is coming from your male view. Mm-hmm. You can see the animosity a little heavier than you would possibly, depending on how toxic that mother is. Right. 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 But the same thing does happen with mothers and sons. The same thing happens with mothers and. Um, uh, fathers and daughters. Mm-hmm. It depends to me, and this is just my experience, because yeah. I can think of a, a good friend of mine right now. Um, her son is very, very helpful to her, mm-hmm. but he also experienced a lot with mom because dad wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Then I have some female friends or women, mm-hmm. some women that are like, I'm daddy's girl because mom didn't give her that type of connection that she needed. So then I think it's really what it is. It's lack of Mm self-awareness and transfer of generational trauma. Mm -hmm. Yes. We see it. We feel it. We live it. We breathe it. And then we pass it on. The problem is it's easier to pass on pain than it is knowledge of self-awareness. Because if you're self-aware, then that means you know everything about yourself. Right. And a lot of what you don't know, what you know about yourself is not pretty. I remember um, when I was in some intensive therapy, this was many years ago, um, in order to do the program that I was in, the therapist was like, you had to take an assessment 
because she was like, this is about to be, we digging in. I need to make sure that you're okay when we start digging in. And the process was called the EMDR. It's a method that helps you get to higher levels of thought process while you're conscious. So it's not like hypnotizing, but it helps you through mindfulness. You literally are focusing on that moment and that feeling, that traumatic feeling, that pain or whatever. But you have to be mentally stable enough Mm -hmm. to do it because it can cause it can cause issues. So or you or be a waste of time. Um, So anyway, the reason I'm telling this story is because she told me you are about to find out a lot about yourself that you don't like. And a good portion of it is your fault. So you need to be willing to work through that because you being present and mindful in that is what's going to help you reroute your thought processes. So you can go back into real world, go back into dealing with people and recognize your onus in it and then recognizing when it wasn't you. It's basically don't take on anyone else's weight when you weren't the one meant to carry it in the first place, which comes right back down to what you said. If a mother or a father is transferring that weight, that pain, that trauma, that loss from a bad relationship, from whatever, to their child, Mm -hmm. they are now carrying the weight of something that they, number one, aren't developed enough for. They're not old enough. Mm -hmm. They haven't even, you've changed their worldview before they were even able to see the world. Right. So when you transfer that, you have then put your child in a space that makes them hypersensitive and Mm -hmm. hypervigilant of, at that point, the other sex. So it's like, you know, like I I mean, I posted a video where this these kids were eight years old in a classroom Mm -hmm. and the woman's like, all right, boys and girls, pull out your your books. And this boy was like, I guess he said, why are you looking at me or something like that? And she goes, um, he says, that's why you ain't got a man. And she goes, that's right. And I don't need no man. I I don't need no man. Wait a minute. You're eight. That's the first thing I'm thinking. And then he says, even if the man will pay all the bills, I don't need a man's money because I can pay my own bills. All y'all do is sit on the couch and watch video games and play video games anyway. The teacher is like, what are are we doing? I asked you to pull your books out. Let's get to work. Have a seat. You know what I'm saying? Why would eight-year-olds be saying that? Because of what they saw at home. Because of what they saw at home. And remember now, if the man's on the couch playing the video games... And the woman is screaming at him. They both are not in the position where they're teaching their child the right thing at all. Eight years old. Uh, we used to be told go in the other room. We see grown people talking. And you know what? I think that's right to an extent. And the reason I say that is there are certain situations that children shouldn't be involved in because they're not mature enough to understand them. I ain't ready. But I do disagree with the fact that people are, do two things. They don't, they tell them children are supposed to be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. And then they send them away when there's a teachable moment, when there's an opportunity for that child mm-hmm. to develop a skill set. Okay. That's when we as adults need to be responsible for our actions. And recognize what we're saying around our child. What are we saying to them that's stopping them from developing? Because if there's an opportunity for you to discuss money, um, relationships, mm-hmm. religion, food, mm-hmm. if you're if you are gone in another room, well, you literally just had an entire conversation that can teach them something. Right. Maybe it's not so much that they shouldn't hear it. Maybe they shouldn't hear how you're delivering it. Mm. Maybe you need to learn how to talk. Mm-hmm. In a way that your child, that's age specific, that your child can understand so that they can communicate with you. Because think about what happens if somebody says go in the other room. Now, why would they want to talk to you later? Right. I mean, you already said you don't ever talk to me because you told me to shut up. Right. And, they, and you they, told me they, to go they, in the other room. Yep. 
and we keep regurgitating. You know what's interesting that I, that I uh, have to brag on my mother about. Bless her heart, she's not here. Love her to death, love her. But um, she, I've not, I've never heard my mother curse, yell. The only thing I heard my mother ever say is, "Y'all get y'all little tails in here and get ready to take a bath." I don't even remember. I if she ever said maybe ass, I can't even remember that. And so I'm when I would go to visit my family, my other cousins. And they mama be yelling at them. I'd be like, oh, I got to get out of here because I am not. This this is not what I'm used to. My mother was one of those soft spoken. Now, the bad part about that is when she wanted to have a conversation, like, I need to talk to you. And so now I'm already following out crying because it's just not going to be good because she's too smooth with it. And then you have to go in the living room and then you sit because, you know, we used to go in the living room, sit on the, on the sofa that had the plastic on it and have a con- have a conversation. And she'd be like, and and it was like, okay, Alvin, now you know you should. And so I can't even get through the whole conversation because I'm crying. And she didn't have to yell. And her point was made. So mm-hmm. it's it. You're right. All this is yelling or telling me to go in the other room. It, that's not good for your kids. It isn't. And you know, I was raised actually very similarly. My mom. Um. And this doesn't seem like it now, but you know, back in the day, I'm saying it like I'm old. But you know, in the 60s and 70s, the average person wasn't having kids in their 30s. They were oh, usually younger. Yeah. Right. So my mom was 30, almost 31 when she had me. And um, I think because she had already had one child, because my sister's close to six years older than me. Mm. But by the time she got to my having me, she was calmer. She had already done this mom thing for about six years. I'm not getting here stressing this out kind of <laughs> stuff. And so one of my mom's things that she did not tell people all the time is my mom would never spank us for no reason. Mm. She would never put ground us for no reason. She'd be like, what did I say? And I'd be like, what did I say? And then she'd be like, come here, let's talk to you real quick. You know you're about to get a spanking, right? Have a seat and tell mommy why you're about to get a spanking. We literally, like, you know what you're saying? My mom would talk through everything. I got my last spanking when I was seven. The reason I remember it very vividly was because I thought, you know what? So all I have to do is listen to her. Mm talk it out and just stop and I won't have to deal with her anymore like this. And I was like, Boop. it was like a switch cut off. And from then on, like my mom would ground me or she'd take my phone or my, uh, not PlayStation, my Nintendo or Sega or something. And she'd be like, oh, yeah. and then I would just be a good kid for a while. She'd tell me I was grounded for two weeks. It was really only one, you know, so it was like, <laughs> you know, um, it, it helped me learn throughout my youth all the way up until now. That you can have healthy conversations. Yes, yes. Not screaming, not cursing, not throwing things. Right. You know, and I'm going to segue. You didn't ask me this, but I'm going to tell you. Go ahead. So I have had on multiple occasions when I've dated that um, men were expecting me to be angry, to throw stuff, to pour it like be. I'm like, I'm sorry. Who have you been dealing with? Because. I'm not her. And I've actually used that phrase before. I've even used it in my content. I'm like, I'm not her. Well, what do you mean by that? Not every woman is a clone or a carbon copy of every other woman that you've been with. Not every woman has the same shared experiences when it comes to relationships. Yes, we share the experiences of youth and growing breasts and having a cycle and, you know, dating. Mm-hmm. But we're not one size fit all. It's not a carbon copy. And so if your experiences have been that the women scream and holler at you, that is your issue, not mine. Mm. 
The fact that you are choosing to be in relationships with unhealthy people is not my issue. It's yours. We can talk about it. Let's talk through it. Let me talk. Let's see where, let's see where we're missing things. Like what, what happened in your last relationship? Is this triggering you? And I, you'd be surprised. I actually had, this was years ago. I had a guy ask me, we were not dating. We were hanging out a little bit, you know, but we weren't in a relationship. Nice looking dude. We were about the same age and we were supposed to go to like this restaurant and go shoot pool. Cause I like pool. I'm not good at it, but I like it. And he was just like, uh, I'll see you on Friday. So I'm on the way to, sorry, I got an eyelash. I'm on the way to the place and I get a phone call and he's like, um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm not going to be able to make it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Thanks a lot. And 15 minutes out, but what's the deal? And he was like, I'm going to just be straight with you. He was like, you're a beautiful woman. You got your stuff together, but you just don't have enough fire for me. And I was like, I was like, what do you, what do you mean? I'm not on fire. I'm being a, you know, being a jokester. And I was just like, um, I don't understand. He was like, you're real calm. And I like that. But sometimes I need some, I heard him go, he was like snapping. I could hear it through the phone. He was like, I need some extra. You, you just don't, you basically. And that's exactly what I said. I was like, so you like drama. And he was like, ah, if that's what you want to call it. I was like, sounds like drama and I'm not her. So, you know, that's how I was socialized as a child. My mom was like, we can talk it out. Even when my parents would have their, you know, tiffs and arguments, um, my dad was in the military for a good portion of my young life and we didn't travel. So when he came back, you know, there was an adjustment period and they didn't argue all the time. But when they did argue, you know, I could tell when my mom was like, Arr! it was just like, I think we need to stop because now we're, both of our base voices are raising to a level. We're not learning anything. We're not getting anywhere. I'm a cook. You go chill out. We'll talk later. And that's what, that was the, it was, wow. there was no screaming and throwing things and crying and pouring bleach on clothes and flattening tires. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to say I've been perfect my whole life, but I'm just, you know, there were things, there were things that I learned at a young age that helped me develop when it was time for me to go through therapy, when I became a wife and when I went through a divorce and all those things that made me take inventory and stock of what could I do differently what is my role in it? Mm. Where can I make the changes that I need on my end so that when I present myself to another person in another space, time, whether it's work or a relationship, intimate or, or platonic, how can I be well-rounded and be able to diffuse situations and, and deal with issues and, and struggles? And how can I do that efficiently and in a calm manner? So, so my last question, I know I told you this my last one. Um, what is the number one thing that you think um, in relationship when it comes to being married, when you, before we get married or think we're getting married, the one thing that you think we should always do before we finally say, yes, this is the one. What is the one thing that we probably or the two things that we probably need to make sure uh, we think about before saying yes to that person when we think they're the right one? One of them is going to be more traditional and one thought's going to be a little less traditional. Okay. Okay. Um, this is going to sound actually three things. Sorry. You can have, um, I do believe that some type of counseling or even if you don't want to do traditional counseling, mm -hmm. I think people need to look at either taking like a class or exercises or something 
that I'm not telling you to script your life off those things, but there are some situational things that sometimes don't happen until after you've been married. And I'm not even talking about two weeks after you got married. Some things don't pop up until you're like, wait a minute, I'm I'm year two of this and I wasn't expecting this. So I don't really know what to do with this. So of course you can't always have a, it's not going to be again, one size fit all, but you, you can try to, I think you should have some type of, workbook that you go through or activities that you go through that you guys build. It doesn't have to be a therapist, but you need to get prepared for dealing with each other. That's not just, we went to the movies and plot shop pool, or I went to her house today and I'm going next weekend kind of thing. The other one is, I think you should go on a trip together. You need to go on at least one or two trips together and not even an overnight trip. You need to plan a trip three, four days. If you can, if you can do longer, do it Mm -hmm. because some of what we do is com- is drastically altered when we're in an environment that we're not used to and we're forced to vie for other resources that aren't around a person. Um, I'm not saying you need to go to Mexico and neither one of you speak Spanish, but if you want to test it, go ahead. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, picking the hotel, how it feels in the room temperature being different, what it's like to try to do activities outside of your normal area where you're driving, knowing that this person is your helpmate before they're your helpmate because you got to navigate that space alone. Um, so I think taking a trip, especially to a trip to a place where you've never been, either one of you have ever been, I think that's a good thing. And my last one, now this is, I'm not speaking ill of anyone's beliefs or the things that they do, but you really need to have healthy conversations about what sex and intimacy look like. I think one of the biggest issues other than money is sex and intimacy. So if you don't know, if your partner is a person that enjoys sex 15 times a week and you've never had sex, you guys need to talk. Because I don't know any person that gets it right the first time. Mm. So if you're a virgin and they're not, and then you decide you want to get married, you guys really need to have a conversation. Because very quickly. Um, let's just say neither one of you are both of y'all could be super freak swinging from the rafters and jumping off dressers doesn't matter you need to talk about that because sex and intimacy change just like you do and if you run into a relationship you decide you want to get married and you don't talk about those things that because regardless of what you believe we're all human beings we all have right. feelings and emotions mm-hmm. and so I think it's important to have that conversation Because the last thing you want to believe is that that person is the right person for you. And then you realize that sex meant more to them or less to them than you thought. And then now you're sitting there scratching your head because you're cranky or you're pushy. You're bothering me. And then the other part of that is knowing that sometimes people experience traumatic experiences in their life, male or female, man or woman. You know, but it could be abuse. It could be sexual abuse. It could have been all these things that frame how someone looks at physical and emotional intimacy. If you can't discuss intimacy and sex with someone before you get married, you're going to have problems later. You know, I could just ask you question after question, but I'm just going to stop right here. Okay. But you have to promise me you're going to, we're going to do this again, right? Of course. Okay. So we, 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 I might, you might have to be on my podcast. It won't be as fancy as yours. I'm going to be as fancy. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. So get this. The next time we talk, I want the the things I want to cover with you the next time is mental health and the black. Yes. So yeah. bad. I really, really mm-hmm. want to talk about that because we don't do enough for that. We don't talk about it enough. We, that's Jim. He, uh, a cousin Jim, he acts like that all the time and we just push him over at the cookout, act like there's nothing wrong, you know. So, but I want to talk about that the next time we, we have a uh, conversation. 
Definitely. I'm a big proponent of mental wellness. You know, you know, I'm, I'm big on that. So I would love, I could talk about that all day. That and victim advocacy. Yeah. You give me that. I'm oh, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to cover because the, the reason why uh, I'm happy to have you on my podcast, there are some things that you would talk about that I could talk to you about that my listeners need to hear, you know, cause I'll, I'll put it in and yeah. So yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Look, I'll see you live streaming at some point. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Have a good, have a good one. Oh, save me some pie or make me one. So when I get to Atlanta or something, I'm just, well, look, when no, I'm not. Come, I'm listen, when you come to Atlanta, I'm gonna roll, I cannot wait for you to come. We're going to roll a carpet out for you. Just let me know when you're coming. You ain't got nothing to worry about. Take it easy. Have a good one. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Bye-bye.